Welcome to the Financial Literacy Bootcamp, where certified financial planner Dominique Henderson discusses financial topics in plain English for the investing public. Dominique is the owner and founder of DJH Capital Management, LLC, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm offering comprehensive financial planning and wealth management services to entrepreneurs. You can visit them on the web at www.bjh-capital.com or on social media by the hashtag Financial Literacy Bootcamp. Now here's the host of the Financial Literacy Bootcamp, Dominique Henderson. Welcome to the Financial Literacy Bootcamp. I'm your host, Dominique Henderson, and the Financial Literacy Bootcamp is designed to help the financial services industry to be more relevant, reliable, and respected to those we intend to serve. And we do that each week by describing financial topics in plain English for the investing public. So welcome back to episode 60, Necessary Tools for Financial Success, your financial success, however you want to kind of term that. Um, and this is really kind of a, a, let's call it a sequel to the Maven's Keys episode um, 30 that we talked about avoiding the mental failures um, to financial success. I wanted to give you some tools um, that you can now apply since we've kind of, let's say, laid the foundation for you to win from a mental standpoint and changed our mindset. Uh, I'm not going to rehash all that, but basically go back and listen to episode 30 of Maven's Keys because um, we talk about you know getting a goal in mind and setting yourself up to autocorrect and then changing your environment. And so that's very, very, very important in order for you to apply the system and the tools I'm about to give you. So um, let's back up just a little bit and give you some some announcements before we get into today's content. And um, there's a lot of changes going on and um, I've been talking about them for a while. So hopefully I'm not beating a dead horse to you. But I do want to let you know that if you listen to the Maven's Keys on Tuesday, very shortly that will go away. Uh, into a brand new broadcast that will be airing during this time for the Financial Literacy Bootcamp. Um, And the theme of that new show um, will be around financial literacy, economic empowerment, personal development, and behavioral finance. Um, What we pretty much talk about now, but combining that into one format, just to go along with the ebook that is going to be released and the new e-course that's coming in January 2018. So very excited about that. Um, you can go and reserve your copy of the ebook now at djhendersonsr.com slash ebook. Um, so you just put your name and email there and we'll send you a copy uh, or send you a link to download your copy when it's ready. Um, and there's going to be other support tools, right? So if you're on this journey to financial contentment, you are not alone. Um, if you just have not pulled the trigger to become like a client or schedule a call or things like that, that is okay. Um, You're always welcome to do that, but I will have a support group in the Facebook community um, or support community within the Facebook, uh, within a Facebook group. It's going to be called Creating Your Roadmap to Financial Contentment. So there'll be listeners of the podcast there. We'll be able to share our wins and our losses, be able to give you support so that you can actually experience financial contentment like we're talking about on the show and all the different things that we have themes and you know go along so happy to bring that to you it's going to be totally free obviously the e-course um that's going to have some 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 bonus content in there so uh, when we get closer to that date i'll let you guys know about that more so so thank you for following i'm, I'm happy you're there we're 
about 4,000 strong a month, and I'm happy to be giving you guys this content. So let's talk about, oh, one more announcement, sorry. Show notes. If you are listening on an Apple device or a non-Apple device, <laughs> for you Android people, uh, make sure that you um, take a look at the show notes. I'm going to be packing, and that's just the system I normally use. I don't know if everybody's aware of it, but if you don't visit the blog on your computer desktop, you probably never know because you're just maybe subscribing to um, my feed and you just get a notification when the show's there. But I actually do have show notes that will give you a lot of the resources that I'm talking about and the links and things like that if you want to get to that. So that's just extra stuff for you there. Um, okay, so on to today's show. So we're going to break this down in a couple segments. Um, we got your mindset that we have poured the cement on Tuesday for the Maven's Keys. So hopefully you've listened to that. So after you have your mindset, you need a system. Okay, that's unavoidable. We're going to talk about the system you need in place. And we're going to talk about the system I use and the system I use with my clients. And we're going to talk about the, the four basic components of that system when we're talking about how you manage your cash flow, how you manage your investments, um, your state preservation and insurance and things like that. Okay. So we'll try to get that all in in hopefully the next 15 minutes. Um, that's, that's a very audacious goal, but let's try. All right. So the system, the system needs to be easy. It needs to be memorable. Um, this is a system I use because one of the sayings I have is complexity is the enemy of progress. So don't, don't make it too hard. It doesn't need to be all complicated. I mean, I'm a finance major and I've used things like Mint and Quicken and all those and spreadsheets and it's nothing wrong with those, but to be quite honest, they're just a, a big nightmare for me to maintain. So I don't even necessarily ask my clients to maintain those. I just, I implement this simple system and hopefully it, it resonates with you. Um, so here we go. In the book Master Your Money by Ron Blue, he talks about five ways to spend money. And I, I think I've talked about this before, but just in case I have it, the first way is taxes. You spend money to pay taxes. That does not go away, unfortunately. Um, then you have debt payments, which will be probably part of your life until you're out of debt. Um, you know, once you pay off your house, cars, student loans, blah, blah, blah. Um, then you have your charity. Um, charitable giving and maybe everybody doesn't do charitable giving for the but for the sake of this system let's gonna act like you do and then you have current lifestyle support and future lifestyle support so there's five ways okay and generally speaking you want to keep the first three categories under 50% if you can okay so if if you're making decent money let's just say you're six figures married um, you know 150 income or something like that you Basically, you're going to be somewhere between the 15 to 28 percent tax bracket as tax brackets exist right now. So that's about a quarter of what you bring in. Then debt payments, depending on what station in life you're in, um, that may be another 15 to 20 percent. And then charitable giving, you know, for my household is 10. So there's your 50 percent, give or take. Um, current lifestyle support, you're going to probably want to be somewhere between a quarter and a third of your income. Um, I would say try to keep it no more than 30% um, so that you can have your future lifestyle support um, or, or at least 20% of your income going to your future lifestyle support. So the 50-30-20 rule um, is what we're going to try to apply right here. And then this is how you would bifurcate this a little further or break this down a little further. 
um, you would want to take each category and assign a, a, an account to them, right? So for instance, and um, I'll say also, and I'm not going to go into it in this episode, but in episode 44, I referenced some formulas, right? Uh, that go along with this system, um, you know, like your emergency fund, your savings rate, your propensity to borrow, propensity to accumulate, um, your debt to income ratio. All those are very crucial. And I talk about those in my dashboard. So if you subscribe to the blog, you'll get a copy of the dashboard. Just name an email there and um, we'll send that over to you because that could be helpful to you also. Not gonna, that's not really the scope of this podcast. I don't want to get into all that because it, it'll definitely take us to the weeds. But first three categories... Uh, I'm sorry, first four categories is 80%. Um, and you'll want to assign that to a checking account or an operating account, let's call it, right? So you're paying most of your bills out of that. And then you want to have a backup account or let's call it a savings or interest bearing account. It, ha- it don't have to be at the same institution, but the design of that account is for um, the fifth category, which is future lifestyle support. Now, this may dovetail a little bit, like maybe because this this savings account is really for future lifestyle support and rainy day, like your emergency fund. So, you know, ideally speaking, you will deposit your your paycheck and then move a certain percentage over to your savings account to not be touched until an emergency arrives. Um, And then you would want to have a third account. Most people would have some type of retirement set up, a pension set up. 401k, IRA, something like that, that is tax-free or tax-deferred and that you can um, also assign to your future lifestyle support. So three accounts at a minimum, just to make it really simple. Um, And that's what they're designed to do in this particular system. Um, Handle your expenses and support your future lifestyle support. That's basically it. Okay. So the reason why you want to have the um, 401k because people oh, my company doesn't match i'll address this real quick uh, my company doesn't match or it doesn't really pay nothing or i don't know what investments to make okay that's information you need to get if you don't know what investments to make you need to get that information that's just a no-brainer you have to get it sorry uh, the second thing is you want to participate because in a 401k in particular because any amount of money that you put in before taxes gives you a current tax break, right? So let's say you make $100,000 and for 2016 or 2017, you're contributing the max that you can to those type of plans, which is 18 grand. If you're under 50, um, you can't do the catch up provision. Then what, what that means is you would be able, it's almost like the IRS looks at you as making $82,000 a year instead of a hundred thousand so you want to use that because it's a dollar for dollar tax deduction for you that's why you want to use the 401k i just got through talking to somebody the other day about this and they were like well why would i want to use a 401k and and why can use the ira i would say use both definitely use the ira or i mean the 401k because you get a bigger tax deduction so that's why you want that type of account it's tax deferred you're not paying taxes off that money now and you allow it to compound Um, That's why you want to have investments in there so it can compound faster so you can have a bigger pile of money when it comes to your future lifestyle support. So there you can add other things like real estate, but that's not really the scope of this podcast. You can definitely add different streams of income to future lifestyle support, but we're keeping it really simple today. All right. So so you got to check an account in this system. 
you need investments. So I just kind of start talking about that. Your savings account, I wouldn't use for investments. And I can go into a lot of reasons why. But at the end of the day, it's almost like an insurance policy. And so if it if it bears you a little interest, like one or one percent, that's great with no risk, FDIC insured. You want to be able to get to that money if you have an emergency. If it's tied up in investments that you have to liquidate or that can lose value, then it defeats the purpose of having an emergency fund. So enough on that. Um, you use your 401k or your brokerage accounts or other accounts like that to take risk in and earn a return. So you do need investments in this system. You do need insurance. Okay, this is not a plug for me to sell you insurance because I actually don't do that. Um, but you need insurance, you need health, you need life, you need disability, you need property. The whole point behind insurance, and I talked about this a long time ago in the financial literacy bootcamp um, in the very first few episodes of our beginnings. Um, you have to have insurance because this is the, what this is what insurance does. Insurance transfers risk. Okay, so think about it this way. If you didn't have enough of liquidity or capital to replace your house if it burnt down or provide for your family if you were to break your leg or something like that that kept you, uh, kept, um, keeps you from working or you died and there was not enough money in the bank or enough uh, money in the investments that you had to liquidate for your family to survive, then you need to transfer the risk of that event happening or set of events happening to somebody that could pay for those things. That's the whole that's the whole point of insurance is risk mitigation. So if you have enough capital to prevent any of those events that I just named, then you don't need insurance by definition. But if you don't have enough capital, then you do need insurance. So that's how you decide how much and if you need or if you need insurance and how much of it you need. Um, but that's the basic, um, you know, you have to go back and listen to those episodes. Again, I'm trying to squeeze this all into a succinct system that you need to use without going into a bunch of detail. So you do need insurance for health, life, disability, and property, especially if you cannot um, bear the cost of one of those events happening that triggers you needing to supply funds like a disability event or a death event or a property um, you know, event or something like that, okay? And then last in the system, you need an estate preservation plan. So um, I'm gonna split this up into two stages. The very first stage is don't hire a lawyer. You need a lawyer eventually, but there's fear and there's cost around that. There's fear that you don't know if you need a lawyer right now and you're scared about you know, talking about your mortality and all that other kind of stuff, which I totally get. I'm human also. So don't worry about it to that extent. Don't before you hire a lawyer. The financial contentment letter that I talked about in episode 49 is a very good start. Um, send me an email, uh, sign up for the blog, subscribe to the blog, and you'll get a copy of that. Um, but here's the deal. The financial contentment letter walks you through all the things you would need in the event or rather your heirs or family would need in the event that something happens to you. Um, you fill the, the design is you fill this out in, in advance, which has all kinds of pertinent information like who to call, the insurance company names, the websites to go to, the passwords to those websites. 
things like that. That's the financial contentment letter. It's I've heard it referred to a lot of different things. I think Dave Ramsey calls it his legacy drawer or something like that. It's the same idea. And you don't need a lawyer to prepare this. You can just sit down with a cup of coffee at your breakfast table and fill it out over a couple of weekends and revise it as necessary. And then it's there. If anything happens to you, your wife, your spouse, who have, uh, whatever, goes to that document and they don't have to start fretting around all the things they need to do because you were the family CFO and you kept all the secrets in your head. Okay, So that's the design behind the financial contentment letter. Ideally, you prepare this and then you prepare your estate plan because you can take this letter to the lawyer that's going to draft your estate plan or if you, if you feel so inclined, which I don't recommend, to just download the documents and then go get them notarized. You can do that too. But if you sit down with a lawyer, actually have it prepared, you can just bring the financial contentment letter there, which has a lot of your wishes there already and can save you some money because they charge by the hour typically. Or they may have a package plan for some of this stuff. But in working with attorneys, I just know that having this information already is very helpful. So that's creating your estate plan and all that kind of stuff because you're going to need a you know, possibly a living will and um, medical power of attorney, a durable power of attorney, um, you know, last will. You're going to need those documents because that's just necessary. You know, you never know what's going to happen. It's good to have those in place. And then as life changes, you get divorced, you get married, you have kids, kids gr get grown and gone, you update the document. So that's kind of how it works. And it's well worth the time um, and the investment in money to prepare these type of documents. So, if you subscribe to my mailing list, like I said, I will send you the financial contentment letter um, so that you can get started on some of those things. And so this is the system, right? This is what you need as a, at a bare minimum if you're going to have financial success. You know, trying to go through life and hoping that these things will fall into place, that's called luck. And if you want to hang your financial future on luck, good luck. That's <laughs> what I would have to say to that. I don't... I don't know that I know too many successful, uh, you know, millionaires uh, and whatnot that have have not had a plan in place and just left it to luck. I don't think that's a good plan. So, like I said, hopefully that's helpful. If you need more information, by all means, visit us at the web on the web. www.djh-capital.com is our is our corporate website. Obviously, you can get more tips like this and find more podcasts like this on our blog, djhendersonsr.com. Um, and we're available via email, info at djh-capital.com, 214-699-7599 to schedule an appointment if you want to solve a problem that you're having with your financial plan or you just want to put one in place because you don't have one. Um, we're available to kind of help you with that kind of stuff. So as always, have a great and prosperous day. Take care.